Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenyuk, Cantonier scores! And now it's Gallagher. Gallagher stepping in there, shoots, scores! Alex Galchenyuk up with a drop, look at it, he's in the line, waiting, scores! This is the Habs 360 Podcast, featured on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, hi everybody, welcome to episode 188 of the Habs 360 Podcast for this Saturday, December 3rd, 2016. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. So the Canadians, they started on their uh, five-game road trip since our last episode. They started off with a 2-1 victory over the Detroit Red Wings. And then the Canadians headed west in California. They've played two out of the three games. And while they've lost both games by a score of 2-1 to against the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks, their last stop in California will be the Los Angeles Kings tomorrow. So that's a rare Saturday night off for the Montreal Canadiens. So for Habs Nation, you know, we could go out and do something else besides watch hockey. And, well, because one thing's for sure is we don't want to stay home and watch the Toronto Maple Leafs because that would be just a total waste of time. And then on uh, after that, on a Tuesday, Canadians end the five-game road trip. When they, when they head back, let's say halfway home, they, they make a stop to uh, St. Louis before heading back home for a four-game homestand. With their uh, record, the Canadians, for the first time, they're no longer first place in the uh, NHL. They have a record of 16-6-2, 34 points. They're one point behind the Chicago Blackhawks, but the Canadians do have one game in hand, but the Canadians are definitely still first place in the Eastern Conference. Our question of the day for today's episode, well, as I mentioned in a scoreline, the Canadians have scored one goal in their last two games, and both those goals have been in the final minutes in the third period. So our question to you, our listeners and our followers, on the Habs 360 is, well, what should the Canadians do to generate more scoring? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, or you can visit the All Habs Facebook page and leave your comments. We'll be reading them later on today's episode, and we'll also be opening the phone lines uh, for you to give us a call and talk about that specific question or anything Montreal Canadiens related. Joining me now 
He is the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him at the All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, it's our first podcast of December, and we're getting close to, to uh, the Christmas season. And, uh, you know, there's Christmas parties and things happening. It's, it's, uh, it's a wonderful time of the year. And wouldn't it have been wonderful if we were in California with the Montreal Canadiens? It, much, it would have been much better weather than we have here back in, uh, in Montreal. All right, so it's a busy week, so let's get it started. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. The most, the most listened to segment in all of podcasts is the Winners and Losers of the Week for the Montreal Canadiens. And well, what we do every week, me and Rick, we each like the winner, we each like the loser uh, related to the Montreal Canadiens. We usually try not to cheat, and we're getting pretty uh, good at following the rules. And and then we discuss. I usually tell Rick why he's wrong and why I'm right. But sometimes we do get along. This week, I don't think it'll be one of those weeks. No. So I don't let's think get. So. <laughs> so let's get started with uh, the losers of. Uh, of the week, since it was a, you could say negative week, Canadians have lost two out of their last uh, three games, so that's how we decide if the winners or losers go first. And while I'll get it started, and while the player that um, I selected to be this week's loser of the week, well, he actually scored a goal this week. Let's take a listen. Gets in over the red wing blue line and drops it back. Scoring chance here. Blanquette, So yeah, it's Brendan Gallagher is my loser of the week. And well, I play that clip because I love to hear Bob Cole. And it's one of those rare goals that Bob Cole actually knew who scored it. Uh, that's <laughs> Gallagher's fifth goal of the season. And the reason why I named Brendan Gallagher as uh, my loser for this week is because he needs to, to provide more to the team. He's on pace of scoring. Uh, what is it, 15 goals, not even uh, from here until the end of the season, which Canadians need more from somebody who plays uh, in a top six all the time, get some power play time as as well. We've been on Max Pacioretty's back. We've been on uh, Thomas Plekanec's back. But I think it's time that we put Brendan Gallagher into that same basket. He gets ample ice time. He gets 15 minutes and uh, 22 seconds of ice time on average since the beginning of the season. So definitely his production needs uh, it needs to be higher. He needs to be... He, he always... You could tell that he puts an effort. It doesn't stand out as much as it has in the previous years, but definitely he, de- he does need to, uh, to produce more and help the Canadians with their scoring. And I'm sure later on in uh, today's episode, when we start talking about what the Canadians need to do to generate more scoring, I'm pretty sure Brendan Gallagher's name uh, will come up in that discussion as well. And Rick, for that reason, well, for those reasons, Brendan Gallagher's my loser of the week. Well, in the the, the spirit of the holiday season, I'm going to agree to you with you to uh, start off the podcast, and then it will go downhill from there. But um, yeah, absolutely, Brendan Gallagher must contribute more. Um, you know, with with his goal, he broke that goalless streak. Um, uh, first in 15 or 16 games, 
thought maybe he was back on track, um, but um, in this, you know, the last two games, he just doesn't seem like like the the same uh, Brendan Gallagher. Um, I I I I don't know what it is, and and um, you know, one one of the things that when things aren't aren't going uh, right. Um, certain things stick out to you. And, and the other night, the other night, there was the, there was, um, yeah. there was a fight between um, 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 Corey Perry and, and Andrew Shaw and Brendan Gallagher was on the bench and he was chirping during the fight. The, the fight occurred right in front of the Canadians bench. And there was Brendan Gallagher chirping at Corey Perry throughout the fight. And, and, Corey Perry, as he's taking blows, is chirping back. It was, it was, it was, it was humorous, it, but it was odd. Um, and I just, I thought, you know, if things are going right for you, if you're scoring, if you're, then fine, go for it. But what, what would Canadians fans have said if it was Brad Marchand on the bench doing that during a fight? Um, I don't know. It just, it struck me the wrong way, and and. Um, you know, f- focus on, focus on the ice, focus on your, your own issues, focus on going to the net, uh, focus on, on finishing, which Terrian says, uh, has been a big problem lately. Um, I, I'd, I'd rather see, uh, Gallagher, um, do that than, uh, than, I don't know. It was, it was just an odd moment and struck me the wrong way. So I'm, I'm going to agree with you about Brennan Gallagher. And, and Rick, regardless of what Brad Marchand does, good or bad, Canadian fans they won't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, as, uh, that's true. We had a hard time cheering for him um, during the World Cup uh, when he was on Team Canada. Um, it was begrudgingly uh, fans were were uh, supporting Brad Marchand, but um, Gallagher's got to. Um, He's got to get his act together, focus on the ice, start scoring some goals, and uh, silence people that way. Yeah, for sure. And, and Rick, once tell us who is your loser of the week? Well, we talked. I, I mentioned the the fight that uh, Andrew Shaw had. Um, that was probably one of one of the best parts of his game uh, against Anaheim. Um, where he took Corey Perry off the ice for five minutes. I, I know he scored later in the game, uh, but that was overshadowed by uh, the last couple of minutes where he took a penalty um, and then went into this childish tantrum. Um, eh, embarrassingly so. He broke his stick in the in the penalty box. He knocked over a rack of sticks as uh, after he got ejected. Um, you might call it abuse of an official. Uh, the Canadians went through this same thing with, with Brandon uh, Prust. Now, albeit Andrew Shaw is a better player than it and Brandon Prust is. Um, and it, it actually uh, it was the same official. Brad Watson uh, was involved in both situations. But um, Andrew Shaw has, the, the, if it was the first time this year, uh, maybe we could overlook it, but this is the third uh, kind of major incident. He's he's already been suspended this year. Um, it's it's the third kind of major incident, and 
I don't know that I, 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 I was vocal at the time. I didn't like the trade. I thought that the Canadians gave up too much to get Andrew Shaw. Um, two early second round draft picks, uh, which Chicago turned around and took Alex to who's tearing it up in the OHL and Chad, Chris, um, I, 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 I just didn't like it. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't see the, you know, the, the, the trade was um, explained by this was adding character. Well, how is this character? Where is the character? Uh, that's certainly not the character that Shaw displayed at the end of the game um, that the Canadians need or that's going to help them. Um, you know, he was, he was on the, he was given face-off responsibility at the end of the game. He lost three out of four to Vermette. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I just, I just didn't like it. Uh, one of the things that um, I think it was Arpin Basu that had tweeted that um, Andrew Shaw is second in penalty minutes in the NHL right now. I think he has 58 penalty minutes uh, in his, uh, 24 games or thereabouts. His career high in penalty minutes is 76 in 80 games. So he's he's going to blow that out of the water. Is that the kind of Andrew Shaw that we want? People say we knew what we were getting. Um, he, you know, uh, that's how he played in Chicago. No, it's not how he played in Chicago at all. He was much more disciplined. And um, I just don't like this version of Andrew Shaw that we're getting. Trying to throw it in front. Gallagher after the puck in the corner. Lays it back to Petway Center. Shaw scores! Andrew Shaw! And well, we just heard in that game, it was uh, Andrew Shaw who did score in the game against the Anaheim Ducks. It was his uh, fifth goal of uh, the season. In terms of, I wasn't happy about Shaw about the the bad penalty. It was a hooking penalty, if I remember correctly. That was originally called against him at the end of third period. So I think, and it's not the first time that uh, Shaw does that. So I wasn't happy about that, uh, the penalty that he took. When it comes to the tantrum, when in the bench where he breaks the stick and then as he's heading to the dressing room and uh, knocks the stick rack down, well, to me, honestly, that's no, um, that's no big deal to me. He's just showing emotion. He wasn't happy that he that he took a penalty he wasn't happy that uh, he knew that his team was going to lose and that potentially uh, he would have been uh, he's what prevented the Canadians from tying the game uh, against the uh, the Anaheim Ducks so the fact that he's showing that kind of emotion it's it's fine he the stick rack the breaking the stick didn't injure anybody didn't injure another player from an opposing team or from his own team so I'm definitely okay with it it's, uh, no, the stick wasn't on a trainer. <laughs> yeah, no, it, nobody, you're, you're right. Nobody. Yeah, nobody got hurt. It would have been like the, like the slew foot that we saw earlier in the season, or uh, in the fight in the preseason when the the player was down, he gave him another punch, and he was asking the the bell center to make some noise. I think that's a different story. But here he did the damage all to himself. Maybe the trainer got a bruise, but uh, you know that's nothing. That uh, a, a nice steak dinner on the roads could, uh, could patch it up between uh, those two players. So I think Canadians, especially when they're, they've been struggling lately, some kind of emotion like that, somebody being uh, pissed off that they're losing. I think that could be, that could be a good thing. Like we don't see that from, 
players like Gallagher. We don't see it from players like Pacioretty. Uh, we don't see it from Carrie from Carey Price. So it's at least good that somebody in the dressing room there is uh, is pissed off that the team isn't winning. Uh, so those were our two losers of the week, uh, Andrew Shaw and Brendan Gallagher. Uh, let's move on to the winners. And Rick, I'll let you uh, start off first. Uh, in a, in a week uh, that's been difficult, uh, it, you know, you might think it's hard to find uh, a winner, but uh, I really like the play of Arturi Lekkanen, and that was that was before he got his goal. He had a really nice goal uh, right in the the slot, got the puck, spun it around, and uh, gave the the Canadians uh, their late goal, their lone goal, um, and gave them a chance to stay in the game. Um, but but even before that, uh, Lekin is um, you know I think he missed nine games due to an injury, but he came back and and um, it's one of those cases where those kinds of players, whether it's Carr, whether it's an Andrew Ghetto, whether it's that once they're out for a bit, it seems that with uh, Michelle Terrian they have to fight their way back. Um, but in this case, Lekin made it impossible for. Uh, Tarion to uh, keep him out of the lineup. Uh, he's been terrific since he's back. He's he's one of the smartest players um, on the team. He's he's always in the right position without the puck. Um, he always finds ways to um, to go to that open ice. He's strong on the forecheck. He wins puck battles. Um, he's got tremendous hands. Great skill. Um, and and defensively, uh, Michelle Therrien likes this. Defensively, he's he's really strong. Um, so I I'm he got one goal this um, this week, but I think even above that, uh, he's earned the um, the winner of the week in in my books. And and I I'd, I'd really like to see uh, him get more opportunity with uh, the top line. He fits in really well. Just his skill set. He fits in, um, and, and his smarts, he fits in really well with Galchenyuk and Radulov. We saw a little bit of that last night, but I'd really like to see him get a regular shot at um, at playing with those two. Petrie across to Galchenyuk with a shot. Stop by Jones. Lekin and shoot. Scores! And that was the goal from Lekin against the San Jose Sharks, his third goal of uh, the season. So we did see him playing, like you said, with Galchenyuk and Radulov, and maybe it's uh, a new line that uh, maybe we'll see going forward. Alekonen did start uh, when he came back from his injury with uh, David Arnais and Andrew Shaw, but it looks like uh, the coach is happy with his performance and um, increased his role to a uh, to be a top line. And when the Canadians struggling as they, they have in the last couple of games of scoring goals, like even if I look since our last episode, the Canadians have scored four goals in uh, in three games, so that's that's not enough. You're not going to win a lot of games with uh, if you're going to score a little bit over one goal a game, and that's whether it's Carey Price in net or anybody in net. One goal won't uh, won't get too much. On my side, if I go for uh, my winner of the week, it's uh, a player that we've been discussing on and off over the last couple of episodes here on uh, Habs 360. It's a Craig Pattern who has been in and out of the lineup. And even last week I questioned his uh, confidence 
very very sad by being put in, being removed that lineup, being put uh, back in and out again. And I was convinced, even if you listen to last week's episode again, that I thought Redmond would have played in California because if I base myself on the recent history of uh, Michel Terry's decisions, it would be that a pattern would be out and to make a, a spot for, for somebody else. So I did it for Sergeyev, and uh, it was done a couple of weeks ago when uh, with Barbario was in there. Uh, sorry, with uh, Hanley. So I really was convinced that Craig Patterson would have been out. But if we see in the last couple of games, he's played well. And even that pairing with uh, Barbario and the Patterson for a number for a third line pairing, I think they've done a decent, uh, decent job. And it definitely do deserve to stick together. And what we're going to see tomorrow when the Canadians face Los Angeles Kings, will the coach keep them, that pairing together? Or will we see Redmond play his uh, first regular season game with the Montreal Canadiens? So, Rick, Craig Patteron is uh, my winner of the week. Good choice on on Greg Patteron. He's, as you said, you you kind of question his confidence. I think he questioned his own confidence uh, when he said that he felt like he was on a short leash and, and, uh, and that one mistake would would uh, send him to the press box, but it's interesting. Since um, Nate, Nate Bolio has been out, um, Patterns played better, and I, I don't know if that has much to do with um, his partner Barbario, or whether it's just knowing that that um, if somebody's going to sit for Redmond, it's likely going to be Barbario. Barbario has has been. Okay, he was he was terrible in the the game against Detroit. Um, he in the the defensive zone he has this thing about going for a skate, and he did that on um, Abdulkader's goal. Um, but Patterson um, is his yeah he's he's he played really well at the beginning of the year. He, he had confidence. Then he sat too many games when Sergachev was in and out. Um, Hanley was was in and out. Um, now he's he's getting back to being that confident player. The other part of it is uh, last night on Sports uh, Sportsnet um, during the broadcast they had a uh, hashtag Big League Beard segment, and Patton was the Canadians rep uh, up against um, Brent Burns and Thornton, Joe Thornton. Um, interesting thing was. Uh, Sportsnet used a photo of Greg Patteron with his full beard. I took uh, when we interviewed um, Patteron uh, some time back. And Patteron was the winner. So if Patteron enough uh, playing well enough already, he also won the uh, beard challenge against uh, Burns and Thornton, which is, you know, saying something. So we're, I am full in agreement that uh, for many reasons, um, the least of which is the beard thing. Um, Greg Pattern deserves uh, a winner of the week. Yeah, you're definitely right, Greg Pattern. He had a good start of the season, and even going back to the training camp, he looked uh, well during the uh, exhibition games as well. All right, so we're going to take our first break here on the Habs 360 podcast. Still to come, our question of the week, what should Habs do to improve scoring? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360, and you can also visit the uh, All Habs Facebook page to uh, let us know. But coming up next, Michel Therrien was ranked the third in the Jack Adams race by NHL.com after quarter 
into the season. Rick and I will discuss do we agree or we disagree. You can also let us your comments uh, on that via our social media sites. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. On a joué un bon match. Les, nos gars ont compétitionné. Euh, on a eu des, de bonnes occasions pour marquer. On semblait incapable de marquer dans cet instant à 55, mais encore une fois, c'est pas par un manque d'effort. Je pense que les gars, encore une fois, sont présentés et ont joué un, un gros match, mais il faut trouver une manière à marquer des Right, welcome back to episode 188 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980, along with Rick Stevens from uh, allhabs.net. We are Saturday, December 3rd, uh, 2016. And uh, we heard there uh, the coach speaking in French following the game against the uh, San Jose Sharks, where he thinks that his team uh, played well. They put a lot of good effort. They got some scoring chances, but uh, they've just been struggling to score with uh, five on uh, five on five scoring and well if we look at specifically in the canadians on with uh in the west coast in the recent years uh the canadians are all seven and two in california since march 2014. the canadians haven't won in the san jose in regulation since november 7th 1997 and uh, Martin Ruzinski scored that uh, game-winning goal in that game. 
still seeking to San Jose, Montreal is 08 and 2 since uh, November 2000. And if you look at against Western Conference teams, Canadians, it's their 14th straight road loss against them. They have a record of 0 12 and 2. And Rick, like, what goes on with Montreal Canadiens? Is it uh, the Hotel California, like we heard uh, to open the segment? Is it the style of play that Canadians can match, uh, that they can't match up to? What do you think goes on when the Canadians head west? Who's picking the music? That was that was a great um, um, intro there to the segment. That was great. Um, no, I'm I'm giving credit. I'm giving you full credit. Um, you know what what's the what's the reason? Well, I had someone in uh, last night tell me. Um, I wish I could find it in my uh, in my Twitter feed. They had the answer, and that is that the games start too late. The games are much much too late. That that uh, it's one thirty Montreal time, and thinks that it's not fair and that um, game should be earlier. And that's why every time the Canadians play in California, in San Jose, that they lose because they're tired and they, you know, it's really tough on them and they can't adjust. Now, I I don't know how this fellow explains how every other, he he said it was, you know, they should start on Montreal time. Uh, Apparently he doesn't know that Eastern time covers a fairly wide swath of the NHL. And couldn't probably explain why other teams go into San Jose and and uh, and win quite fine. Um, I, you know, it's it's um, whatever it is, it's the coaching staff to change it. Um, these these are big, strong teams. Um, San Jose is a slow team. The Canadians have an abundance of speed. Why would you play a grinding style, a, a, a you know, a chip and chase kind of style, and have have to go fish the puck out against a big, strong, slow team? Why don't you just concentrate on your uh, zone entries and and um, you know, I, I I don't understand it. Last night, the bench management was bizarre to me um, in the period Ryan Flynn had more ice time than than Patrick and Gallagher um, David DeArnay had more power play time than Brendan Gallagher um, Paul Byron and DeArnay had more even strength minutes than Placanitz and Gallagher by the end of the, the game uh, by the way Byron and DeArnay zero shots on goal Placanitz and Gallagher eight shots on goal um we talked about Lekkanen in the last segment, but one of the best players on the ice last night, he played less than 10 minutes, uh, even strength ice time. Bench management has a lot to do with, and, and, and uh, what about preparation? You know, Paul Byron in, in the first period intermission, he said, um, we weren't ready to play tonight. Um, we weren't ready from the per- first puck drop. Preparation. Uh, bench management, the management of minutes, uh, using your strengths and making, you know, uh, pull, 
setting up a system to, to exploit um, your assets and, and the, 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 the flaws of the other team. Those are all coaching responsibilities. And I just don't think that the Canadians have had the coaching um, to make the adjustments, to make the changes, to use their strengths to beat some of these big teams. And we're going to get back to the coaching in, 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 a, in a second. Uh, so we spoke about, like you said, like on, on, uh, in the first segment, and it looks like, you know, Byron had his run in the first line with uh, Galchenyuk and Radulov. And now, well, we all knew this was coming, that it wouldn't last forever. When he was up there at the beginning, it was deserved, right? He was producing. It's, uh, it's gone. His production has gone down now. So, Rick, how, how would you see the, your, your top six forwards? Would you just replace Byron by Lekkonen and leave it Lekkonen with uh, Galchenyuk and Radulov? And then Pacioretty with Placanet or Gallagher, or would you make any other changes? I, I really like leaving um, the the trio of of uh, Placanets with Pacioretty and Gallagher, the the three vets. Blaine Blaine Pot, then one of our writers, uh, had a good article uh, about it this week. Um, leave them together and let them work it out. Give them the minutes. Give them the and let them work it out there. You know, they, they've had too much success uh, for this to, to, uh, to last show some confidence in them. You know, I think part of Pacioretty's problem is he's been bounced all over the place from third line to leave them alone. And that means um, on the, on the first line, um, put a, a, a talented, skilled, offensively minded player um, like our, uh, but defensively responsible player like Arturi Lekkonen in Byron's spot, give him, give him 10 games, let him go, see what, see what happens. Let them develop some chemistry, see how he fits into that, that uh, grouping. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, with that. And I think Lekkonen, you know, we forget that we see Lekkonen as a rookie, but he's played in, he's played with men. He's played in, in uh, a men's league. Um, I I think more so than than any of the others, you know, bringing up a sure back or or that Lekkonen has um, the experience to be able to fit on the the top line and and uh, contribute. And while well, I'll agree with you that Lekkonen uh, should be should be swapped with uh, with Byron, and that should be a top six at least uh, for the next game and and see how that uh, how that goes. But speaking of agreeing, I don't think we're going to do that for much longer in today's episode. Uh, this week, NHL.com has been posting articles on uh, different, um, I guess, winner, winners of awards past the quarter season, how they see them right now. They announced, it was I think it was yesterday, NHL.com, that Carey Price leads the race when it comes to uh, the Hart Trophy race in the NHL. So that's not a surprise. And that's not the one that me and Rick uh, probably have a different of opinion. But uh, earlier this week, it was uh, on Monday, on Monday of this week, NHL.com announced that they have a 13-person panel who voted and well for the Jack Adams Award and finishing third place so far is the Montreal Canadiens head coach, uh, Michel Terrier. And he 
sorry, in front of Michel Terry is Ali Vigno of the New York Rangers and John Tortorella of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And behind uh, Michel Terrier at fourth spot, there's John Hines from the New Jersey Devils and Todd McClellan from the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So, Rick, based on our previous um, discussions here that we've had on Habs 360, I'm uh, I'm pretty sure you uh, you agree with that assessment. Well, I want to know who's this 13 member panel that is are these 13 interns in in the NHL offices? They never they never mention who the 13 members are. Um the the voting is silly. It's really silly. Uh, Elaine Vigneault is way out ahead, um almost twice as many uh, uh votes or points uh, they call them as uh, as Tarion. But in second place, John Tortorella, who in their right mind thinks that John T- Tortorella is the second best coach in the NHL? Uh, Vino is a good coach. Uh, he's, he's certainly up there. Um, but you, you have John Hines and John Tortorella bracketing um, Michelle Terrian. None of the three of them are, are none of them. Uh, put all three of them together and you don't have a good coach. Um, in the, in the, the preseason, the score did uh, rank the um, uh, coaches and, and actually gave some reasoning where, where this, uh, this little poll didn't. Uh, Tarion was 24th on the list. I think Tortorella was uh, 30th. Um, I mean, this, this, is, this is silly. The, and the, the, this particular little voting thing excludes the three coaches who by consensus are acknowledged as the three best coaches in the league, uh, Mike Babcock, Joel Quenville, Barry Trotz. I don't, I think um, uh, Babcock had two points on this, this silly little voting system. Um, it's, it's, it's completely bogus. As far as um, Tarion being a good coach, there was a, a really good article a couple years back appeared on CBS sports and um, it just, you know, the first thing that people say is, well, yeah, uh, uh, um, Michelle Tarion's system doesn't produce um, much offense because he's so defensively minded and he teaches defense and he prides himself on his defense. He's a terrible defensive coach. Um, In, in that, that article on CBS sports, it goes back to 2001 with his first stint with Montreal then on with Pittsburgh, it shows that the Canadians are um, near the Canadians and the Penguins and right up to the present um, are near the bottom of the league when it comes uh, to shots for, so they don't generate any offense, but they're also in the bottom of the league when it comes to shots against, they give up more than more shots than, than most teams. Um, The, this year, Shots for the Canadians are 23rd. Shots against, they're 25th in the league. And what does this article say? It says the, the thing that, that Tarion relies on is goaltending. In each, the, in each case, um, when you go right back to, to 2001, if you go the first stint with Montreal, if you go to Pittsburgh, he relies on being, uh, his goaltenders being strong in save percentage. This year, Canadians goals against, they're third in the league. Save percentage, 
first in the league. So his entire career, he has ridden the backs of goaltenders. That's it. What, what does he offer? What, what, is his, what is his strength? Line blending. He, he puts lines in the blender. That's how he solves problems. His teams aren't prepared, regularly aren't prepared. He can't make adjustments throughout the game. Uh, he talks at, at, you know, no puck luck. This is a bad coach. He always has been a bad coach, and his, his players have covered up the fact that he's a bad coach. Um, and, you know, we talked about the, the minutes management earlier. Um, it, it's just ridiculous. You know, you look at, at David Darnay, one power play point this season, one, one last season, three power play goals, two power play assists. And yet who, who you can count on it. Who's going to come over, over the boards the second wave when the Canadians have a power play. It's unbelievable. And, and his management of, of Darren is ridiculous as it is. Darren uh, scored twice that was in the Canadians. Uh, he's got three goals on the season. Two of those goals were in the Canadians home opener back on the 18th. And they were both two foot putts. You could have made them. Um, they were incredible passes. One patch one from Petrie. Darnay's standing there. He taps them in. I, I'm not getting on Darnay, but get me on Tarion. And yeah, this is, he's, he's a bad, bad coach. We saw that. Last December, he was at fault for the, the collapse in December. Um, and, and we're seeing he's unable to, to get the best out of his pretty good team this year. Uh, sorry, I didn't appreciate that cheap shot you took on me for the scoring. <laughs> no, actually, I, you said I'd be able to score, so that's fine. No, I said uh, I gave you credit. Yeah, so that's good, I guess, right? Scoring the goal that David Darnay you're, be- you're better than David Darnay. I'm going to declare that right now. On the ice, you are better than David Darnay. <laughs> and, and the funny part is, I don't know how to skate. So, so that will make it quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so going back to the poll, um, I think it's hard. Uh, so the poll that they, that they posted on, well, sorry, it's not a poll. It's the, the, the results of the, um, of the voting that was done on NHL.com after a quarter of their season is, I think it's hard not to put Michel Terrier in, in that uh, discussion. I'm not saying that I'd give him the, the award. I wouldn't if the season was over now for the Jack Adams, but I think he has to be part of the, um, of the discussion. The, the team is, has been first place. Uh, in the NHL for the entire season up until a couple of days ago, whether it's because it's goaltending, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Carey Price is part of the team. If you look at Joel Quenville, he has Taze, he has Corey Crawford in in uh, in net, he has Kane, he has players, he he has a, a very good core of players, even better than the Canadians' core of players. So they're part of the of the team uh, as well. Look at the Rangers uh, for Alan Vigneault, because they have a goalie, a solid goaltender like uh, like Henrik Lundqvist, but they do have a lot more other elements uh, besides goaltending. For them, uh, John Tortorella, I'm a little bit surprised that he he's on uh, he's on that list. 
But when it comes overall to Michel Terrier, if I look at his uh, stats since he came back as head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, in the in the shortened season, in 48 games, 63 points. You know, Canadiens lost in round one of the playoffs. Then 100 points went all the way to the conference final. Then it was 110 points they lost in uh, round two. Last year it was a it was a bad season for everybody, including the coach uh, Michel Terry. It was a bad season as well for the general manager Mark Bergevin. And if you look at them now, again, first place in Eastern Conference, they're one point behind the the Chicago Blackhawks. And well, when it comes to the NHL, especially when it comes to uh, to coaches, what really matters for them are wins and losses and points. It doesn't matter how you get them. The important thing is you get them. And besides last year, I think Michel Terry has, you know, has done what he has to do. Has it always been, have I always, have I always agreed with all his decisions? Obviously not. But it's, uh, to me, you have to put him in that, uh, in that discussion. So third spot, I think, is a fair position right now for this quarter of the season uh, for Michel Terrier. And I know that's not the uh, popular belief from Habs uh, Nation, but, uh, you know, but that's okay. There was actually an email, uh, sorry, an email, a tweet that was sent, that was tweeted out by uh, Brian Wild uh, this morning. So I'll read it to you because it's a very interesting uh, thread. So Brian writes, many of you are up in Terry's grill, and I wrote a condemning fact-based article last year. However, I do not see these errors this year. For example, I criticized him harshly for using uh, David Dernet 34 straight games as first unit power play without a point. Not this year, Galchenyuk is first unit. He missed timeouts when the game was on the line and used fourth liners. He used third power play unit late down by one. Again, not happening. There were both offside calls he didn't challenge and clear goaltending interference he didn't challenge. Not this year. He has a budding star Galchenyuk on for 12 minutes per game and on wing. Not this year. As Galchenyuk ice is at 16-17. Could be higher, but you're parsing. The big word I can't. I don't know what that means. Uh, the big complaints I wrote my fact-based article on are simply not there. He's not making those game-changing errors. Now, if you're asking me to complain about the system of Michel Terry or other things personal, I never did that. I haven't had those issues. The problem on the Habs is simple, and it's not uh, Michel Terry. The power plays fifth in the NHL with Galchenyuk, Radulov, Shea Weber. Massive change. No the problem is simple. Habs secondary scoring has dried up. They have six goals in four games. Plekanis can't add any offense as a second center. So empty has had to rely on David Dernet too much. That causes issues at all centers. Either Plekanis finds old Plekanis or this issue a season long. They need a, uh, a number two center. Win in the middle, win the game. To get a second C opens up first line. Relegates Plekanis to defensive role against top centers, perfect structure for a long playoff run, riding Carey Price. So we want to get your comments on the Michel Terrier, ranked third best coach in the NHL. You can do that via Twitter at Habs360. 
You can uh, also give us a call at one eight seven seven four five five forty nine forty five. We're going to talk about that and also our question of the day: What should Habs do to improve scoring? So stay with us. This is the Habs three sixty podcast featuring allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Don't live close to Montreal? Ever feel like you're the only Habs fan in town? Chances are good that there are plenty of fellow fans just around the corner. And HabsTweetUp.com will help you find them. If you're interested in hosting a hockey party in your city, visit HabsTweetUp.com for more details. You'll be connected to other Habs fans near you in no time. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Icecaps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Got to find ways to put pucks in. I don't know what it is, but um, whatever the case, bear down in front, put the pucks in. I think we all had chances. It's just a matter of, you know, putting them behind the goalie. All right, welcome back to episode 188 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Christine 1980 along with Rick Stevens at uh, All Habs on uh, Twitter. And well, we just heard Brendan Gallagher who said that Canadians need to do scoring and he doesn't know what they need to do. So what we did is we asked you, our listeners, our followers on Twitter and um, our, our fans on uh, the All Habs Facebook page on what should the Canadians do to improve scoring. And let's go to uh, the Twitter account right away. Uh, while we do that, I want to remind you that if you want to give us a call on the topic, you could. one 455 4945 is the uh, number to uh, to reach us. Our first tweet comes from uh, Derek Ford. Derek is from uh, Bishop's Falls. He writes, Plecky to third-line center with Dernay as a winger. 
Pacioretty, Shaw, Gallagher as the uh, second line. Plecky is a good defensive center, and Dernay can pass, so they'll clear out the zone. Patches and Galley need a passer, and Shaw has the uh, drive. So thank you for the tweet, Derek. But if Pacioretty, Shaw, and Gallagher is your second line, I'm guessing, okay, that his first line is Galchenyuk, Radulov, and I'm assuming it's either Lekkonen or Byron. So hopefully it's Lekkonen is what he has on, in his mind. Uh, Blaine from uh, Stafford from allhabs.net, he writes, for more scoring, Habs need more time on ice for the Galchenyuk line. I need to trade for a true second-line center to relaunch uh, Pacioretty and Gallagher. So thank you for the tweet, Blaine. And I think what we've seen this season, it's pretty obvious that um, Thomas Plekanec's role isn't as a, a second-line center, and it's a need that the Canadians do need to uh, to address. We've, we've seen uh, reports out of the media that this is the year that it looks like Mark Bergevin wants to go all out uh, for the Canadians. They're all in there to try to win the Stanley Cup. Well, if they do, they, they really need to fix that second uh, line center uh, position. Next tweet comes from uh, Scott Thompson. He writes the same. Uh, he writes, find a legit number two scoring center today. Patience is no longer an option, Bergevin. So thank you very much for the tweet. Uh, Scott Gino, he writes play Lekonen, Gauchenyuk and Radulov more find a left winger and center to play on second line with Gallagher Landeskog and uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, please call up McCarran to play with Andrew Shaw oh, to play with Shaw and Card. trade for Clifford to play with uh, Mitchell so thanks for the tweet Gino and that's a lot of trades that Canadians need to do our buddy Tony, Tony writes, trade Pacioretty, <laughs> David Dernay, and Nathan Beaulieu for John Tavares. Nice so, trade. It is a nice trade for the Habs, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next tweet comes from uh, Stephen Greer from Bristol, Quebec. Stephen writes, trade for a second line center, stop playing uh, David Dernay. Thanks for the tweet, easier said than done. And well, this year should be the uh, the last time, the last season that we have David Dernay with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, next tweet is a question that comes in from Skills25 on the topic of offense, and I'll let you uh, answer this one, Rick. So Skills writes: Sometimes I wonder if Habs playing struggle. Sorry. Sometimes I wonder if Habs players struggle scoring because they practice with Price. Maybe it shakes their confidence. No, no, it's just no. It's, I mean, it's 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 reaching, right? It's it's um, no, that's not it. Should make them better shooters, actually. <laughs> and the last tweet on this topic comes from a Jeff Stanzel. He writes, "Fire the general manager and coach, and then uh, the owner, Jeff Molson, was tagged on the tweet." So, thank you for the tweet, Jeff, and I'm sure Jeff Molson appreciated that tweet as well. Rick. What does it look like on uh, Facebook? Yeah, uh, go to Facebook, yeah, facebook.com uh, uh, slash allhabs, and uh, and you can join the conversation there too. We've got, we got lots of reaction to uh, what the Canadians can do to 
uh, improve the offense. Uh, Heather Hutchison says get rid of their coach and general manager. Uh, Keith Cottonar says um, it's the coach's fault. Dump him first and then let Muller get, that's Kirk Muller, get the scoring going. Uh, it seems we've got a theme going here. Kyle, uh, Kyle Hay, fire the coach. Cliff Jesse says, uh, fire terrible. I guess that's Terrian. Um, <laughs> Jason Corville says, fire a DAC coach. Um, Jason Ferrance, he's, he's uh, pretty honest. He says, I have no idea. I appreciate the honesty, Jay. Um, Jamie <laughs> but, Krupp but says, but sorry, what's but that? Sometimes that's, sometimes that's a, a typical have sign reaction. Like we complain, but we don't know how to fix things. Yeah, that's right. Jamie Krupp says, goalies and defense are playing well. The forwards need to crash the net and shoot more. Sit Darnay and bring up some young guns. Uh, Leslie Pine says, first, get rid of that damn coach. Then get rid of that idiot Shaw who brings nothing but penalties. Um, trade that midget David Darnay for something. A fourth-round pick. Just get rid of him. Bring in some good, talented rookies that we have. And that could bring a lot more than what we have. Uh, bring back Subban. LOL, just kidding. I never liked him. Weber is the win. Um, <laughs> that was that was a long one. Uh, Mark uh, Bezazen says, bring back, bring back Gerard Gallant because Terrian's system sucks. And I'm sure Pricey agrees. Every time he bails the team out and for what? Uh, Gaetan Parody says, sit number 67 and 51. They're worth nothing. Bring back Carr. At least he's skating. Uh, Garth Asham says they're just not big enough to play against good teams and it'll get worse as the season wears them down. Not big enough up front with a couple of exceptions to play in the tough areas of the ice. Um, Boy, we got lots here. I'll read um, maybe one more. Uh, Robert EQ says uh, at this point, try and coax Guy Lafleur out of retirement. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think that's happening, but, um, and we have lots more of fire the coach and sit day RNA. Uh, and, uh, speaking of uh, comments on the coach about, uh, Michel Perrin being ranked, uh, third by the, uh, the 13 person panel in com. We got some tweets around that. Uh, Scott Thompson on Twitter writes, so DD's family must run NHL.com. <laughs> so, so there you go, Rick. You're asking who's part of the 13, uh, 13 person panel. Scott knows the answer. It's David Ernest family. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Tony writes only because of his goalie. So, thank you for the tweet, uh, Tony. Uh, Blaine writes uh, by points. Uh, so far, yes. But Michel Therrien can't seem to find road wins, matchups, and playing fourth line more than the first are his uh, downfall. So thank you for the tweet, Blaine. Uh, we have a couple of more. Fabio writes, uh, Michel Therrien will drop. And then the last tweet comes from Jeff Stanzel. He writes, this is too funny and so wrong. Hashtag bad stat. And then on uh, Facebook, we have one more comment when it comes to uh, Michel Terrier. Robert DeFazio writes, time for him to go. He lacks the answers or the ingenuity to move the team forward. For the last few, it has been good starts followed by uh, floundering. 
So thank you for the comment, Robert. Then Rick, it seems like I knew this would have been the uh, popular response, but a lot of people uh, don't agree with that uh, NHL.com voting, the results that were in. So you're saying that they agree with my position? Yeah, so I'm saying there's a lot of people that are wrong about it. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. Well, I'm not going to go to the point to say that whoever agreed with Rick are considered bad tweets because I think we still we have our debates, but uh, out of respect and everybody was respectful in our uh, debate, so that's good. But Rick, this week you were able to find a uh, a very bad tweet. Yeah, this is this is a bad uh, this is bad tweet of the week, maybe the year, I don't know, even longer, maybe the decade. Um and and maybe this is, you know, um sometimes we feel bad publicizing bad tweets and and but as they say all publicity is good publicity. So maybe Carl will appreciate this. The bad tweet of the week month year uh comes from Carl Kovacic. Um and he tweets to the uh, m- the official Montreal Canadiens account and says, "Hey, aren't you guys supposed to be good with Carey Price?" To me, it looks exactly the same as when Condon was in net. Total joke. So he is um, he's laying the the problems for this season at the feet of Carey Price and said the Canadians would be no better off if uh, Mike Condon was in net. And for that, Carl, you get. You get the bad tweet of the week. I'd love to give you the bad tweet of uh, the entire year. Maybe we'll look back and, and compare at the end of the year. But that's, that's the most ridiculous tweet I've read in a very, very long time. And the sad thing is that every time Canadians lose a game, there's always a tweet like that that comes up. A couple of weeks ago, one of our bad tweets was once again criticizing Carey Price. And then when the Canadians win, it's not because of the coach. It's because of Carey Price. So, you know, people have to make up their uh, their minds. Uh, in other uh, random news, but it's good news because, well, you'll know why uh, Forbes uh, published their list of, uh, the Canadi- of, um, of the teams and their value. And out of the 30 teams, Canadians finished second place behind the New York Rangers. And why this is good news is because the Canadians finished on top of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, once again, so that's all oh, we always like to share that kind of news here on the Habs 360 podcast. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens are playing three games until our next episode. They're playing it tomorrow afternoon against the Los Angeles Kings. It is a 3 p.m. Eastern start, so mark that on your, on your phone as a reminder because, well, you know, no football tomorrow. We're watching Montreal Canadiens, and then the Canadiens finish off their five game road trip against the uh, St. Louis Blues. So we last week when we made our prediction for the points uh, during the road trip, we thought it would be around six points. So for that to happen, Canadians need to beat the Kings tomorrow and the St. Louis Blues on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, the Canadians coming back to face the New Jersey Devils in the first of a four-game homestand at the uh, Bell Center. Rick, thank you very much, and we'll talk again next week. A great, lively episode, and uh, and we disagreed uh, a healthy amount this this week. I like it. We'll yeah, see what happens you, next week. <laughs> yeah, and if you missed, if you just joined us late in today's episode, and you want to hear a couple of times that Rick was wrong, 
you just uh, search Have360 on allhabs.net or on iTunes or actually any uh, podcast application, tune in radio, and you'll be able to find uh, the Habs360 uh, podcast. I want to thank everybody as well who sent us in their tweets on Habs360 and their comments on uh, the uh, All Habs Facebook page. You are what makes Habs360 the most interactive and informative podcast. My name is Chris G at Christy1980 on Twitter. We'll be back next Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern for an edition of the podcast. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.